1: Welcome to Real Jam Radio, I am Danny Wu your host, and so happy to have you with us for this, well, it's not quite an episode, this is outside of the weekly material that I put out for the show, but it is continuing an annual tradition, and that is talking with Eric Benish, who is Senior Producer for NBA 2K19 and many of the previous iterations of the game, talking about what they've added this year, some of the design challenges, design priorities, when putting this game together, and... I really enjoyed these conversations. It is on a topic that I care about, but don't necessarily know a ton about in terms of how they make the game. So I really enjoy talking with Eric. Conversation runs a little bit longer than most of these do. It's about 22 minutes. Get into some of the nuts and bolts of different modes and what they added in. and Definitely heard some things that I was excited about. So hope you enjoyed it as well. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, Thank you so much for having me. I know that it is a perpetual process with these games, and so I, I guess a good place to start with this is, what were the priorities when you were thinking about where you wanted to go with 2K19, and how did those priorities manifest themselves into the finished product?
0: Gosh, there were so many priorities, actually. Every year, we want to make the most bigger, we want to make the most better, we want to make them more optimizable, we want to make them smarter, and just more feature-robust. Uh, but listening to community feedback from last year, people really enjoyed our MyGM story. There were a couple things in it they didn't really like, and we kind of took that feedback and we crafted uh, an entirely new story for MyGM this year that's bigger and better uh, than ever before. And the other main thing is a lot of people really enjoy our MyLeague mode, a lot of people. They do enjoy our MyLeague online, but they found that it was too limiting, that it wasn't the full MyLeague offline experience. And so our goal this year, simply put, from that mode was to create a fully detailed MyLeague online that encompasses you know almost all of the features of MyLeague offline, And uh, our fans are going to love that. That's going to be a huge success.
1: Oh, that's really interesting. So what were the challenges of adapting that kind of from one to the other?
0: Going from like an offline My League to an online My League is actually really tough because the concept of time, time inside the game, is difficult to come by. You know, because it's like when you're playing offline, the date today is October 12th. The date today is November 14th. But so when you're playing with, you know, up to 29 of your friends, or actually 35 of your friends, if you do a six team expansion, there's no like date, right? Like you may come on and play a couple games in your schedule, and then tomorrow I'll come on and play a few games in my schedule. So we're never always on the same calendar date. So when you have things like fatigue, which goes from game to game, or injuries, which, you know, this player is out four weeks. Well, what is four weeks when there's no concept of time? Um, so overcoming a lot of those are design challenges that, I mean, we've successfully, you know, overcame, but uh, there's just, it's not as easy as, oh, just take offline and make it online. Uh, but we did create something that's, you know, basically a dead representation of the offline mode that I know our fans are really going to enjoy and get behind.
1: Yeah, and that's true. I mean, there are a lot of different kind of dynamics that that shift also in terms of playing with one human component and then versus as you said up to 36 and i'm sure there are certain ai elements and all that kind of stuff that come into play too
0: absolutely and like what the the, one of the big things for this year is the offseason and that is you know staff signing and scouting and drafting and free agency and when you're playing multiplayer you can't you can't have those run you know independently for every user these are all people bidding on the same players and trying to draft the same players Uh, so creating those is like real-time draft and uh, free agency periods is a lot of fun it's kind of like doing a fantasy Football draft just uh, on crack, you know, more or less, because it's really fun. You have all your friends in free agency. You're all bidding on Kevin Durant at the same time. You're hoping he comes to you. Some people might strategize. I'm not going to target Durant. Everyone's going to want him. I'm going to go for the the, the beefier free agent. Hopefully, no one sees him. It's this whole mind game of like what your friends are going to do, what you're going to do, uh, and it's all done in real time. That's true for staff signing. That's true for the rookie draft, the free agency, the scouting, all of that. It's it's actually a lot of fun, like doing real time drafting a lot
1: of fun i love it well and as somebody who's done even kind of nerdier versions of it than fantasy football the idea of having an ai choose among the destinations would be so much better than what we used to do which is just having somebody do it i mean so for example like when we would do a kind of the equivalent of the mock-up season i do on dunked when you you get into that somebody has to say well this is what the player is prioritizing and in some ways it's better to have that entity be ai than somebody who might have friendships in the group or something like that like I, I think there's an element of that that would be really good for, especially for people who know each other, but overall too. I,
0: I totally agree. And one of my favorite things about like the free agency, for example, is when you're in there making your bids. Every day you have about three minutes to kind of make the bids for your players every in-game day, and you'll actually see, uh, you know, Eric Benish put in an offer for Kevin Durant. So you'll actually see in real time what other teams are bidding on. You won't know the details of their offer because that's private, but you'll know activity levels, and that can kind of you know mess with your head a little bit. You know, did I offer? If I already offered for Kevin Durant, was it too? low? Maybe do I need to go back and up my offer? Like it's, it's very interesting. It's a very live, dynamic component that is. it's hard to put into words. You kind of have to experience to see the fun of it.
1: Yeah, that'll definitely be interesting. Something that I noticed uh, when I was reading about, and this makes sense as something you and I have talked about in prior years of connecting these things, is what's being called the takeover mode. And so, as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, the idea is basically that certain players, or really any player at a specific moment, can reach a higher level of dominance. And so it's trying to represent that in video game form. Absolutely.
0: I mean, takeover is just uh, I mean, when you see LeBron, when he gets, you know, red hot, he basically takes over games. And when you have a player with those kind of mental traits and you perform well enough in the game, you know, you'll see that player kind of become on fire, his little player indicator. And at that moment, he can basically take over the game. His attributes are heightened, his T-Check is on fire, uh, and you just have the ability to, you know, for small periods of time, it's not a permanent thing, obviously. It's not sustainable. Um, but when that person's on fire, you got to feed the hot hand, and it really makes playing the game a lot more enjoyable.
1: And you also have to work within the constraints of the individual player because a dominant LeBron is not the same as, like, a dominant Steph Curry or Ben Simmons even of that case and so you have to kind of play within I'm sure the strengths and weaknesses of each individual
0: oh without a doubt I mean a, a, you know a takeover lit on fire whatever you want to call it uh, Ben Simmons still not hitting three so you got to play within the boundaries of what the player is capable of well for sure
1: and I'm sure there were challenges also in terms of getting the intelligence on that right because you're you're upping certainly a player's skill level but you also need to balance that with aggressiveness because if player player's in that mode they're going to be shooting more they might even be shooting worse shots but but theoretically they're going in a higher proportion of the time than they would have normally.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. So when the AI team first picked this idea I thought, oh this is easy, you can do this in a day, maybe two days. And after about a month of working on it, I started to really see the intricacies and the nuances they encountered and were being cognizant of when they designed and implemented the feature. So it's, it, it encompasses pretty much every type of mental behavior uh, and artificial intelligence you can think of. It's it's a really smart feature and I was actually concerned to be maybe a little arcadey. I I don't feel that at all. Like it feels really sim- to me, it feels you that natural progression of a guy kind of heating up, staying on fire, and maybe hitting a cold snap later in the game, like it feels really organic, and I'm just really proud of the work they have done on it. Well,
1: and to me, as a longtime gamer, it makes intuitive sense to take something that started in that arcade form, and that there is that there is some merit to it, and not only merit in terms of, I mean, you have to balance. You could talk about this a lot more than I can, but the nature of being a reflection of reality, and also being an entertaining, engaging product. And what the idea, why when I read about it, I was really intrigued by Takeover, is that it kind kind of bridges that gap where it's something that is true in the NBA. And it's something that a lot of us, I include myself in this group, because I'm not as gifted as a lot of people athletically is that but it's something that we want to experience in whatever way we can experience it. So I think it's taking the kernel of truth that was there in those earlier iterations and building it into something that can work in a more simulation style product. I mean,
0: honestly, I don't have much to say. You nailed that. I mean, that's exactly, exactly what it is. That's the outlook. I mean, that was, you know, kind of the goal of everything is to be very thoughtful in our features, not to just throw something in uh, without thought and consideration on how it impacts the game as a whole. Because we've spent, this is the 20th anniversary, we've spent 20 years, you know, making this game and honing on the AI. So we're very cautious on when we put things in and how it impacts the game and the series and the franchise as a whole.
1: This might get too into the nuts and bolts to really answer, but I could imagine, especially because one some of the groups of guys that can get this takeover are more on the passing range, could it lead to cascading things? Like, oh, this guy's making really good passes, then another guy gets hot, and then it works from there, because then from a coding perspective, that gets even more complicated.
0: It definitely does, but you, it's kind of hard to get multiple people either take over active at one time because it's such a buildup of events, Um, but it does happen, it's kind of, it's fairly rare, but you can definitely get there, but yes, that was obviously an engineering encounter, so you have to make sure you develop a feature that, you know, one hand doesn't lead to the other where, like, this guy's hot, so he makes this guy hot, which makes this guy hot, the whole team's hot. And then it's not fun for anyone. Um, so that was very much something that the team was aware of when they designed and implemented
1: this. Well, and also, I'm sure with the nature of elevated stakes of playing the game, you have to think about these elements in a different way than you did before. Even though I'm sure you cared about it the whole time, this changes the stakes in a way.
0: Definitely. I and mean, we've had biorhythms in the past, which kind of simulated players getting hot and cold. But the, uh, the nuts and bolts that went into this feature was just insanely more in-depth and robust and specific to players and their archetypes and how they behave on the court and what makes LeBron hot may be different than what makes, you know, a defensive stopper hot. Obviously it is. So those are the things you have to consider when you're able to feature. It's not just like, well, this player scored eight points in the last two minutes. He's hot. Like it's way more complex than that. It's, it's, it really looks at the archetypes and what we expect out of the player, not just some arbitrary performance. It's a really cool system. I love it.
1: You and I have had these conversations for a long time. So you know that one of the things I always care about is, let's call it the offline kind of GM style modes. You, you talked about the developments online and that's really exciting, but what did you bring in in terms of the, the more the more individual experience this year of running a team in whatever iteration?
0: Sure. I uh, I put out a very lengthy blog. It was about 14 pages, single space. So I'm going to cover some of the highlights that really stand out to me that I'm going to be looking forward to. I'm looking forward to all of it. But the things that really stand out to me is we, we have a new set of tuning sliders in the game. We call them the ultimate customization sliders. And for the real, real hardcore guy out there, the armchair quarterback, uh, this person is going to love this feature. So you can take – we created a huge set of sliders surrounded around trading, uh, contract sliders, progression sliders, and you can tune every single thing in the game right down to how much a player expects when its free agency comes up. You can tune how much lottery draft picks are worth. Um, You can tune what... A player thinks about when they want to sign like we had that kevin durant example earlier you could say oh well, i want i want a player of his caliber to focus more on winning or i want money to really drive it or i want a guy who's rated 82 to only get paid about 8 million in the off season or i can make this guy get paid 20 million like we really gave you total control and access to the nuts and bolts of what drives our ai and so users can just create these ultimate franchise they've never been able to do before in any other sports game and that's something i'm really really excited about
1: and are those sliders like if somebody somewhere else in the ether creates a really good set of sliders? Is it possible? Like, do you have to post the stats, or is, is it possible to share those other ways?
0: Oh no, we're very thoughtful on this stuff. We were, one of the things this year is we really thought about how people are going to use our features. So with this, you can actually save your sliders and share them out for other users in the world. Like you can just upload Danny sliders and say, okay, go download Danny sliders, and then I'll have exactly what yours are. So someone can find that magical, mythical perfect tune, and then everyone in the world can have it if they all believe that that to be true. So no, we're very very thoughtful on that.
1: Well, yeah, and I know as somebody who has had to become more casual in terms of it over time, I've really appreciated that people do that work with draft classes because that is something that is a lot of utility for people, but it's also an immense amount of work.
0: It really is, and it's not it's not work that you want to do. You just want to reap the benefits. Um, <laughs> one, uh, one cool thing we've done with draft classes this year, actually, since you brought it up, is we have something called the player DNA feature, and that actually lets people share created players externally from a roster. So if some guy out there you know, made the perfect version of a player That you want, you don't have to try and recreate it yourself. You can just go up to his share. I can search for Danny's version of you know some player we don't have whose name I can't use, and I can download him and stick him into directly into my draft class, directly into my roster file. So people can just basically what it comes down to is you can share players without having to share an entire class or roster, which should give our community a lot more freedom in creating great content.
1: Oh, I'm sure that's going to lead to a lot of like ego and pride things of like who gets the most people in like an ideal class or something like that. Because I know I even though I'm not one of those people anymore. I know how they operate because I used to be that back back when it was easier and didn't take all the time to get the physical elements right. But that's really, yeah. really cool. Oh, man. that So that'll be, that'll be fun. I mean, I'm sure people are going to... And, and also, that gets into an issue that happens sometimes in various levels of, of creation of people who are experts at one element of it, but not necessarily at the whole thing. And so you could be like, okay, well, this person, maybe they went to college or they follow this team and they know their attributes really well, but maybe they don't know the rest of... Call the rest of whatever entity it is you're talking about that you can get that from somebody else as opposed to having to take the whole thing from one person. Yeah, yeah. And that's
0: true. And another thing we added this year to really keep those people going is we have a totally brand new robust creative player feature where you can morph all of the bones in like a player's face to any shapes, dimensions, proportions that you want. Uh, whereas last year you kind of, it was kind of more of like a head picker, like I want this head and you can maybe like raise the lower the eyebrows. This year you can like change the structure of the player's cheekbone. You can say, oh, he has a protruding chin or he has, you know, the button chin or he's got a really big brow. Um, you can just shape every player's face to create total lifelike representations of players it's a, it's a very dynamic feature that our roster creators are going to love for sure
1: something else i was looking into that seemed interesting is the way that you're handling basically ball handler versus defender mechanics so one element i know that's been changed is the steel stuff but then there was also something related to the contest system is that right
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Offensive, defensive AI, like once the team, they actually led the year with the takeover feature. Once they were done with that, they did a lot of work on, the first thing we did after that was uh, offensive AI. We did a lot of like signature size ups. Um, but moving on to the contesting and the defensive side, if you've played the game, I don't know if you played played this year, but defense is a lot more unforgiving this year. Last year, you could just blow by pretty much at every difficulty level. You could run different sets that would always get your man open. This year, the defense is much more aware. They're learning. It's an adaptive AI, and it's going to take, you know, what you do during the course of the game and try and use that against you. And that's one of my favorite. And most frustrating things about the game this year is it keeps me honest, it keeps me in check, and it's constantly challenging me to find new ways to win games.
1: And that ties in with the idea of balancing the sim part versus the, you know, the fun of it is that you are trying to, you can't just run the same play over and over again in in a real NBA game or ideally in a simulation because that's not the way it works. I mean, maybe maybe you can run it a few times to get success, but eventually they'll figure at least parts of it out.
0: I mean, that's just what it is. Especially when you look at the playoffs in the NBA, like every game, even down to the quarter, it's a game of adjustment. You know, this team did this. So I'm going to adjust by taking this guy off the court and putting this player on him. Or these are the types of sets I'm going to run on offense. And, and really, our game kind of took that approach of it's a game of adjustment. So when you do something, they're going to adjust. And so you really need to counter back and adjust to their adjustments. And it, it kind of emulates that, that real-life struggle that coaches do, particularly during the playoffs when you're just constantly analyzing everything. And it sounds kind of tiring, but honestly, I think it's a lot of fun. I think our players are really going to enjoy it this year because it's challenging in a very fun way.
1: And I'm sure that that goes into defense in terms of help capacities and all that stuff as well, because I mean, that's always, I'm sure that's a really hard thing to put into a game, but it's such, I mean, especially somebody who gets into this sort of stuff in the real NBA, it's such an important part of where the league is right now.
0: Without a doubt, off- switching to offense, like the team did a lot of work on like pick and rolls, and on the defensive side of that, it's like identifying the pick and rolls coming, sliding around the screen, taking the screen and doing a switch. There's just so much, you know, when they decide if they're going to flip on the switch, they're going to look at what that ma- match would be in that instant really quick, and it's, just, it's really neat to know those things before you play the game and then watch them play out. Because if you're just a casual user, you may not pick up on a lot of the nuances we put into the AI of the game. But if you know what you're looking for, it's actually pretty darn impressive to see the recreation of the NBA that we've made within NBA 2K19. Well,
1: and for those who, who don't do this, one of the fun ways to test this kind of stuff out there is to use rosters that are off the normal stuff and just see how the AI processes is it. Like, oh, you put two players that you wouldn't expect to be teammates on the same team and like, okay, do they defend that well? Does it create seams? and and like I've seen over the years that the AI has gotten so much better in terms of that that a team doesn't play like a team just because of that specific group of players that you can move things around and then develop new challenges and and, and that's what makes, like for me as somebody who's like always enjoyed the kind of GME modes as well it creates an incentive to building a different team because it'll behave differently in the game
0: It does, and we actually saw that this summer when the Warriors signed Boogie Cousins because in our game he's not out to all-star break Boogie Cousins he's like completely healthy Boogie Cousins And we really got to see how the Warriors played pre and post boogie, which was really fun to see how Defenses would adapt to having him on the court versus not on the court, and we really got to see kind of proof of evidence that you know the changes we made this year really have an impact on the game. It was really it was really great for all of us to see in the field.
1: Yeah, and that's really I mean part of the idea of any system like that is you're trying to create it to take in new new stimulus, new inputs, and that seems like what happened there.
0: Absolutely, that's exactly
1: what it is. We still have a couple minutes left, but I'm going to open the floor to you just because there are so many different avenues in a project this big that whatever you feel like putting out there is like, hey, I'm really proud of this. We can talk about it.
0: Yeah, there's a couple. One I want to do really quick is our historical draft classes, and this is again for our offline users for the MyGM, the MyLeague mode. We actually went through and created historical draft classes of every class from, or classes from 1960, we did 1965, 69 and 70, 1974, and then every class from 1976 to 2017. So at any time during your franchise, you can take a a class and say, I want to put in the 2003 draft class this year, and you're going to be able to draft from rookie LeBron and rookie Wade and rookie Chris Heyman and Mello and all those guys and even Darko. Um, But it's actually really fun because you can just kind of, you know, recreate history. So my favorite thing to do is to start with 1976 and every season I just put in the next year's class. It makes playing the mode a lot of fun because you, when, you, when that Jordan class is coming up, like you're gonna work darn hard to get lottery picks in the hopes that your pick goes number one. And when you know the guys that are coming versus kind of generic guys that we create, it makes the mode like infinitely more fun. That I highly recommend everyone try.
1: That's really interesting, and I mean, cause, yeah, awesome. and and also <laughs> theoretically, that's a way to test out some of how some of those players would would be in a more modern NBA, which is something that gets talked about mm. all the time.
0: It's a lot of fun. And another big thing we did this year is our neighborhood feature inside my career. I'm not sure if everyone's saw the trailer we just recently put out. I think it came out on the 29th. The neighborhood this year is crazy. It's a community-driven place where we really encourage everyone to kind of come together. And there's all kinds of events that take place there. You can play dodgeball. um, You can throw a football. uh, There's different themes that go from day to day. It's like today's theme may be, you know, go play three-on-three against NBA players. Or tomorrow's is a community event where if everyone gets 10,000 rebounds then together, then everyone who played gets 3,000 VC. Or it's just a different way to play, bring people together, have them compete against each other. We call it kind of a 2K compete. Every day we're going to have two or three new events come up. There's trivia, kind of like an HQ trivia thing, where there's a million DC pot every day, and all the winners who make it to the end split the pot. Um, every Every day, there's going to be something new for you to do there. And it's, We have a really robust plan for people to kind of have a good time. Like When we first brought this park thing out, it was just go play three-on-three, two-on-two, and that was it. And now there's just so much to do that a lot of people are just going to go from event to event. They're not even going to feel the need to play three-on-three. Three. I mean, that's fun for me. And then beyond that, there's another place in there, a trampoline ball. It's called the Under Armour Cages. And you're able—we have, you know, five little trampolines kind of around each side of the court. And this is, like, super—a fun way to play It's kind of a three-on-three three game, but you can use the trampolines. you can. Basketball off the cages—a a super arcadey, super fun way to play. You know, street ball basketball. Just we're always trying to come up with new ways to excite our fans, give them something new year to year. And honestly, the work that the team did in the neighborhood this year—it's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it in any other sports game, and I'm just—I couldn't be more proud of the team. Like, it's, if you haven't seen the trailer, go seek it out. Search for NBA 2K19 Neighborhood trailer. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about.
1: Anything to bring slam ball back in virtual form or in real form—I am completely on board with it because that was just completely ludicrously fun. The
0: trampoline ball is a lot of fun. I encourage people to give it a shot. It, it takes a little bit of learning to learn—you know—when you need to time your jumps to go for the, you know, the aerial block or the aerial crazy dunk, uh, it's a lot of fun once you once you pick up on it.
1: Anything else that that particularly you're, you're sitting there going uh, maybe even something that people won't necessarily notice as much but will make their experience better?
0: I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the uh, the way back, which is our our story inside my career this year. Oh, nice. Every year we've had you know we've had a different story, and I think some are better than others. Honestly, I think this is our best one yet. The writing was done a professional writer. Uh, the actors are incredible. We have Anthony Mackie in there. Michael Rapaport plays the major role. Uh, there's just a lot of actors that you're gonna know. Haley in there. The story is really intriguing. Your player starts out in China. You're trying to find your way back to the NBA. Your travels are going to take you from China to the G League uh, and ultimately to the NBA. But the story that kind of wraps around it's a lot of fun. It's fast-paced. For people who were frustrated with our scenes in years past, you can skip this year if you're in a hurry or if you're just really excited to get to the next game. You can skip the scenes you don't want to watch. That's a really good time, and it ultimately leads to the neighborhood experience that I discussed prior. So I, I really encourage people to play my career this year. Personally, and I'm being honest, I think you expect me to say this, but I'm being honest, it's my favorite my career mode ever. That's the truth.
1: That's exciting, and I, I like the, the different angle the different angle on it. Is it weird to like have the, I know that the ratings process is, is such, it's not a public thing as you're doing it, but to have it, I'm sure it's probably fun to have like the players talking about it as much as they are now.
0: It's crazy. Like so the way we do ratings is the players, you know, they kind of tweet out to Ronnie Sukay and Ronnie Sukay goes to the team, gets a, an image of the player and tweets it out. Uh, so just that whole mechanism of how the players reach out to us and they're excited to find out their ratings and some people, you know, they're like, okay, okay I can work with that, and then some people are like, oh, that's totally disrespectful, you know, I need to be a 90 even though, you know, they're a sixth man so it's really kind of cool to see how players react to the ratings and, and what drives them, and it always harkens me back to Hassan Whiteside at this point, it was like three seasons ago when he had a crazy triple-double, and after the game the reporter asked him, like, what spurred you? and he just looked at her, and he, you know, he just said I'm, I'm trying to get my 2K rating up, like, that was, that was the first answer he gave her, and like, seeing that is really really cool uh, and we know that players are watching our game with a barometer for, for a lot of them, and uh, that's something we're all very proud of.
1: Yeah, it's been great to see it. I mean, it's always been in, in a, a place in the cultural kind of landscape of basketball, but to see it grow even more, I mean, I believe last year was the highest selling iteration you guys have ever had. It's 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 been really exciting to see it.
0: It was. Last year, we actually crossed 10 million units sold for an NBA game, which has never been done before, ever. Uh, and that's something we're so, so, so grateful to our fans, to our community, everyone who gives us feedback and gives us the opportunity to grow this game i mean obviously we couldn't have done it without a community we continue to listen to all of you and we're just going to keep making this thing
1: bigger and bigger so stay with us well thanks again for taking the time it's always a pleasure to talk to you thank you so much Daniel. thank you for having me on and thank you everybody for listening thanks again to eric for taking the time to come on you can buy nba 2k19 on a boatload of different systems the formal release date is september 11th but there are ways that you can get it on September 7th. I believe that is the anniversary edition, the deluxe edition. I think it goes by a couple of different names, but I believe that comes out the 7th. You can check it out through whatever means you consider an authority on that more so than me, which is almost everything. So very excited for it. I admittedly don't have as much time for for video games now as I used to due to my workload, but I do really enjoy it and I think I've mentioned this before in the show that I do use NBA 2K when I can to kind of think about how players are going to fit on teams in terms of spacing and all that. Sometimes for me, it helps from a visual standpoint. I like to conceptualize things, but I I use it from that point and also fun to play and change of pace, all that kind of fun stuff. So you can check it out if you want to console of your choice. And as I said in the beginning, this is not a replacement for real jam radio this week, still working on exactly who it's going to be and when it's going to come out. But that will be something this week. If you haven't listened to last week's episode with Jonathan Charks and Rob Mahoney on the Southwest division, you definitely can and should. And then I will have another one out soon enough and you can check that out. So Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you have any feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, Danny LaRue, NBA at gmail.com is the way to do that. If you want to support the show, leave a rating, leave a review in the podcast player of your choosing. Subscribe, download every episode. Great for a show like this that comes out sporadically, even if it is weekly, just what day of the week changes up, changes up so much. And... While I don't have any for this episode, you can definitely check out our advertisers. You can listen to basically any other episode of Real Jam Radio to know who those are, but I'm going to keep this an ad-free episode for reasons that should be logical to many of you. So thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day.
0: Children's National Hospital in Washington, D.C. improves children's health by developing better treatments and technologies. Ranked one of the top children's hospitals in the nation, we take on the most complex, rare, and life-threatening conditions because all children deserve a healthy future. And with our new pediatric-focused research and innovation campus, we are generating and sharing even more discoveries because at Children's National Hospital, we want to help every child grow up stronger. Learn more at childrensnational.org innovation the